Welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk branding. The first thing that comes to mind when we talk about branding is cows and hot metal, and that isn't exactly it. Uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Judy Winslow, an expert in branding, and uh, Ruben, am I pronouncing it right? Ruben. <laughs> Ruben, there you go. See, branding already. I kind of messed it up. Okay. Uh, and branding okay. is international. It's very much, you know, how do we connect with our customers? And I think the first place to start off is a brief introduction of Ruben. Who are you and why are you here? And then we'll go to Judy and then we'll talk about branding. Okay, awesome. So my name is Ruben and I'm from Malaysia. So I'm a brand strategist and a brand designer. I'm in the field for the past 10 years. So initially I worked as a genetic engineer. So, and then the field, the lab field and everything gave me like a lot of <laughs> torturous moments. So what I did was I wanted to start my own business. So that was about six years ago, I opened up an agency, like it's a commission-based agency for tuitions, like connecting the teacher and the students. And then that was my movement of understanding uh, about uh, social media marketing, the website, SEO, and how important uh, that I need to have my brand and everything. So I was working towards it, but I didn't have enough experience because all that I was doing is about uh, putting uh, social media posts and uh, looking for likes. That, that was the very basic kind. You know, when you start a website, that's where you will be like doing about marketing. And when you are a one-man show, that's what you'll be like doing. And then I thought that I needed more experience. So uh, what I did was I got an opportunity to do a master's in Chicago. So I completed my MBA and I worked there as a brand strategist for a company called Genesis Marketing. And then after that, I came back to Malaysia and I got a, another job opportunity as associate director at a marketing firm. And that was my turning point where I learned a lot about the differences between marketing and branding because all this while I was thinking that branding is actually marketing and both are actually if you do this that means that you're doing that as well so when I go to that role that role I got to know that there's a lot of separate branches were there so I was in charge of each and every department so I got to learn a lot of things and after about a few months I thought that I should do it by myself and see like how it works so I took the risk, I resigned the job, and then I started uh, looking for clients on LinkedIn. And I started to give all those um, information about brandings that were not very mainstream, but teach people exactly like if your brand is like this, where you need to change, what color that you need to do, and what word that you need. I took the risk of uh, yes. you know, confronting the other brands. So, all right, excellent. We're going to come back to you in uh -huh. a minute. And uh, awesome. there was a really smart lady once said that, you know, uh, branding is the whole pie. It's not just the tagline and the color. I wonder who said that, Judy. <laughs> hmm. That's correct. It is a slice of the pie. It's not that brand branding is the whole pie. What Ruben is addressing right now is a slice. And unfortunately, in our world right now, People are not understanding, and unfortunately for business owners as well, the power of your brand and the enormity of its multi facets and the power behind all of those. 
So, um, yeah, it's very important, and I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm so glad, Umar, that you're hosting this conversation because it is really important for people to understand. I got involved in branding when I was a kid at university. I wanted to be a hippie, and that didn't really work out for me so well. <laughs> you didn't um, try hard enough. <laughs> that must be it. Um, so I took an introduction to design. I'll spare you that story. But mm. I took an intro to design class, and I just was so turned on by the power of design. Because when you think about it, everything in our world is designed. Like Ruben was kind enough to compliment my glasses, which are, of course, designed. The chair you're sitting on, the screen you're watching, right? the bed you sleep in, everything is designed. And a big driver for me is making a difference. And that just ignited that space in me that was about making a difference. And I was so excited that I switched my focus. I pivoted, as they say now, and, um, and I changed to getting involved in, in graphic design. And when I said I wanted, when I told my professors that I wanted to specialize in brand and identity work, they said, you can't do that. This is a million years ago. <clears throat> and so I went home and we didn't have computers then because I'm of that era. So you got the pigeon and the pigeon went and got one right. answer for I you. I had to like, send out a oh. smoke signal. Yeah. Anyway, I found a company in London that still exists today. And it's a preeminent company called Pentagram. And of course, they were doing brand identity work. And I came back to school and said, these guys are doing it and I'm going to do it too. And so that's what, how I started. I went on to become a, a award-winning brand designer. But then that led me into, I'm really interested in business and I find business fascinating. And I would consult with companies about their brand, only to discover that they had all these other sort of loose ends and loops that were not closed, that were, they weren't understanding connecting the dots between what we were talking about and how I could basically visual branding and designing collateral material or anything beyond your logo is basically to me a manifestation of a verbal or image or vision or idea that we then as designers synthesize down into something that's called a graphic. Well, I don't do graphics so much anymore. That transitioned me. I, when I started my firm in New York, in, uh, New York City, when I was like 30, um, we used to get business by saying, how did you, what budget did you use for marketing last year? Most small businesses at that time had about a 250 biz budget for marketing. And we would say, don't increase your budget at all. But if we can get, take that same budget and get you a higher ROI than you got last year, would you want to, would you be interested in that? And of course, of they course said, I yes. would. So that's what, that's how I started my career is in my design firm in New York City um, would take their entire strategy, rework the strategy. And then at that time, we were also implementers. So we would do the design and we would go on shoots and we would tie together their entire marketing strategy with their brand KPIs, as we call them now. And, um, and we could get, you know, a much, much higher return. And that's how I got started really in strategic branding and consulting. Yeah. So just something came up that I'll just share with you before we kind of dig into branding is you were talking about design and design is so important. Uh, I was in, uh, I used to be in the high tech industry and a show had ended in Vegas and there was a exhibit of motorcycles from the Guggenheim Museum. 
And it was like the uh, uh, late 1800s all the way up to current motorbikes. And it was really interesting. Like in the 1800s, designs were like pretty darn good. Then they went up to the 1920s where they're like fascinating. It was art deco kind of period for buildings and design was really important. And then in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, design became like ugly and boring. And then around the 90s, it started enhancing it. Like there's these cycles of where design is really important to society because people will pay for design and, you know, where the money is. So talking about money and design, the purpose of a business is to make a profit. And so why don't you start, Judy, define what branding is and kind of your brief philosophy on how brands can turn into revenue. And then we'll go to you, Ruben. So to, I, call, I call it brandology now because mm. I believe that branding is the art that's and your science. <laughs> Case that's in point, correct. I love that. Correct, Amundo. Um, when you look at a diamond, for instance, mm. right, or a snowflake or a fingerprint, there are key indicators and very unique facets that make up that entity. The same is true for you as a human doing mm -hmm. personal branding. Even if you're not doing it, you are doing it. And the same is true for a business. So for us to only focus on a logo or your colors is such a ripoff of what the power that you possess and the ability. You know, it's so interesting to me that we'll hire a graphic designer to come in and zhuzh up our living room. But we don't understand that we are designing our life and we are designing our business and that every day we choose to do so or not. So your, to me, I actually break it down into a, a couple, few different areas. So one is, of course, your mission. Like, what is it that you're here to do in the world? Because your brand will help you accomplish that. Mm -hmm. And businesses claim that they know this, but they usually don't, actually. Or it may evolve. Or it may be something that you looked at when you started, but you haven't addressed in the last 10 years. So there's so many assets. So beyond your mission, you know, how, what business model are you using? One of the really cool things that's happening in our world right now is that paradigms are shifting and models are crashing. That's the bad news. But the good news is we are recreating and reinvigorating business models to be much more powerful and much more of today's needs. So there's so many opportunities in your brand design that people miss. So that's just a tip of the iceberg. I don't want to mm. hog the entire conversation, but that's a little, that's a little slice of the bay. Yeah. So thank you, uh, Ruben. So uh, your definition of branding and how do we connect branding to actually increase revenue? Okay. So like uh, similar to what Judy has said, uh, we, we have actually a lot of branches for branding. It is not just one aspect, but from what I'm actually dealing here is like, um, uh, the shift for this small uh, business, the small business owners is when they started to do, when they started to create their business, when they started to launch something, they were not really confident that their brand is going to go bigger or their product is going to have that much, uh, you know, welcome from these people. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they initially will do some designs like in Canva or some Figma, like anything that's so basic. So they will do it. So as soon as they are one of their product 
gets that uh, you know the attention that they were looking for now the people's attention is shifted to them that is the time they will come for the brand designer and they want to say like hey ruben i want to change the the way my message is connecting to the youth like for example there is an app that's growing very fast now that is substituting tiktok that's called lemonade so i'm getting a lot of clients from lemonade so they need to have very few like less than 2 seconds of attention on the lemonade they want me to use a a system of displaying their brand within 20 seconds so they wanted to use a pop up message that has to come like very loud and quick so they were actually what they did is their initial product is something else when they got the attention they want to clean it up they want to clean the logo they want to clean the look and they want to shift the entire message so when they do that the existing customer base actually felt like oh i wasn't actually looking for this or oh, they made a new change or oh, now the price is going to go higher the message were totally different now so they are not connecting at all with their you know the customer base that they actually earned in the beginning phase so when the company or anyone who any personal branding person who wanted to start a brand uh what i would say is when they allocate some money for marketing they actually need to give the same amount of attention for designing how they look how the product what the message is actually going to carry to their first impression customers if they fail to do that the later cleaning up the mess is going to be very costly so that is the part that we actually need to focus first then only after that when the message is correct and the people started to come in and they know okay like for example a snacks okay when they design a snacks like health snacks they have a, on top like for example i designed one of the snacks packet i the snacks packet is pretty boring but it's actually a healthy snacks of course it's a bit boring <laughs> so what we did is we make a very striking color on top of the border just to make people to know that when they see actually uh, when they go to the supermarket or anything they'll just you know tell that okay the the yellow you know the yellow snacks they don't, they don't they don't know what is that but when they see the ad on the instagram they know that's the yellow snacks so it doesn't matter the name or anything so my take is that the money that they are actually pouring into the marketing they have to give the same amount of attention to the branding then only after that there comes the operation side there comes the marketing side then only they'll able to calculate the measure right. of how so, the kps is so let's break that down a little bit because uh, mm-hmm. oftentimes when people start their businesses uh it's on a shoestring they've gone to judy and said mm-hmm. hey auntie judy can you lend me ten thousand dollars i'm launching this thing so there's not a lot of money and there's not a lot of uh, money to go hire professionals so they kind of on a shoestring launch it but as soon as they get resources they realize the value of it and with the resources they can do something about it so how do you cross that chasm whoever wants to answer this when you don't have a lot of resources mm-hmm. to actually invest in the branding side of things so you get it semi right uh judy uh, it's a clear case of uh, measure twice cut once kind of thing well, thoughts on how you would do that on a shoestring you know, with the branding yeah, right i'd love to address that So one of the things that I think is important, for instance, Umar, I've noticed that a number of your uh, podcast episodes are addressing realtors. Yes. Realtors are a great case study. So think about uh, so many realtors feel that because I'm aligned with Remax or Century 21 or whoever the big box store is, 
that they don't need to do anything additionally because they have the power of this huge brand behind them. That's actually not true. And the realtors that are smart enough to delve a little deeper will set themselves apart with so much ease and grace, which is a big tenant of mine, because what they're then doing is leveraging the power of a Century 21 or a Sotheby's or Remax or whatever, and they can do so globally. So how do they do that on a shoestring? Well, first is to do a number of exercises to identify crisply and clearly what are the attributes that, does, that define you and set you apart. For instance, almost every business will say, well, I, we have integrity. Well, that's great, and I'm sure you think you do. And um, probably pretty much everyone else on the block feels the same way. We want to go deeper. What does integrity mean to you? Okay, what is it? You know, and ask that question a number of times. Three to seven would be great. And get very, very, very crystal clear about the, the actual verbiage that you would use. And before, and values, like we want to get you so aligned that you are going to be attracting and pulling in because the respondents to your messaging will be aligned with who you are. Therefore, the likelihood of you being a match is much greater. The uh, spread time between that gap that you're saying between qualifying you and you qualifying the other person and seeing if you're a fit and all those things, which go beyond your ability to just identify a property. What is integrity? Are you showing up on time? Are you responding articulately? What does that mean? How are you identifying and providing safety and security for your prospect? You know, there's so many elements. So it's really about taking the time to dig into that which is much more important in my mind than that initial step of, oh, oh, well, I think I should use blue. You know, it's, it's not about blue, people. It's really about all of these. Um, when you think about a brand and a design, it is a nonverbal cue. So there are so many nonverbal cues that start to appear but if you don't have someone that is a specialist like Ruben and I, then you're sort of operating in the dark. Whereas we can take you by the hand and show you how to uh, walk through this process. You know, I call it your brand the soul of your business because it's the opportunity to take who you are, what you believe, and how you are doing business and then manifesting that into real life. And it literally affects everything. But it also shows you the way with ease to generate a brand plan that can take you forward down this path to success. Does, does that make sense? It, it does. And just adding to that, it's like, uh, I'm not sure what the exact number is, but let's kind of, uh, there's probably close to uh, a million realtors in the US. And if you take a look at the marketing of, uh, any one of them, uh, it is very similar to the competition. Like it's hard to tell as a, as a customer, like who is who. And I think the brand name of Remax and Century 21, like as you pointed out, is a secondary issue. The main issue is you as a human being, I trust you, I connect with you, and oh, you happen to be with this other uh, larger organization, that's nice. So right now as AI comes in and uh, – brokerages that charge minimal kind of fees, 
It's all about the relationships you have and relationships are when you reveal who you are. So that journey very much for branding is within. Because if you can articulate who you are, you don't have to pretend to be anybody else. It's that, but it's also using your talents. Like one of my great case studies around realtors is, you know, I had a guy come in and it was really struggling. Um, this was during a, a downtime. And we identified exactly where his skill set was most useful, what he enjoyed most, who he enjoyed his you know, as we call it, an avatar. But who do you love working with? Who, who have you had great results with? Take the time to notice who are the last five success stories you had and what did they have in common? So we can amplify that. You know, we make it so hard. You know, the whole guru mentality, we make everything very hard when in fact it's quite easy if you take a breath and pause and take the time to do it. So- yeah. This guy went from, you know, being on anxiety meds and he couldn't conceive and his wife was freaking out. You know, they were having problems with their relationship and he did so well. He went out and, and opened his own office. So and that was in a very short period. So it's not like it takes a lot of time or energy, but it does take focus and it does take looking at the correct information, data, so even with AI and all the things you still need to focus on the right stuff so that you can get, you know, the right output. Remember when we used to call it garbage in, garbage out? I do. Uh, just before we go to Ruben, it's a note to listeners. If you want to figure out who your customers are and why they like you, don't ask them. Get somebody you trust to do the interview for you because so people will be a lot more, uh, they'll ask better questions and the respondents will be a lot more uh, clear with their feedback. And because uh, oftentimes, gee shucks, I did that. It's like get somebody that goes, what did you value most about working with Ruben? And how is that different? And uh, so give your friends something to do. Ruben, your thoughts on how you can actually uh, get the right branding on a shoestring. Okay. So my take is like, um, there's one important thing that I need to mention here. It's, uh, you know, we are in the uh, gig economy now. So we are now in the creator economy is booming. And uh, as soon, you know, after the post pandemic, we can see like a lot of like uh, the 30-ish, uh, 40-ish, they were like so passionate about starting their brand, like jewelry, anything as small and as going to the personal brand, like what Omar is actually doing. Um, when they actually... Uh, wanted to go into the business, they wanted to, you know, get into, uh, you know, sell something. They actually uh, didn't get like the proper kind of information about branding. So they were actually thinking about, uh, let me straight away go and sell first. Or maybe if I wanted to uh, have a an identity for my business, I can just hire any, uh, you know, the College logo kid. designer, yeah. uh, any logo designer, any of the, uh, you know, the guys on the Fiverr, like they'll do it for $5. So they are, they are graphic designers and brand designers are so much different from uh, graphic designers. Like, I mean, I'm saying about someone who only do the graphic designing, mm -hmm. like what Judy actually mentioned, it's about the pathway. It's about the journey that you walk through. It's not about uh, when your product is like, for example, let's say this mouse, okay? When this mouse, let's say 100 units is being produced, 100 people purchase this mouse. This mouse will have 100 brands. 
What I mean is each and every one of the person who buy this mouse will have their own opinion on it. The shape, the ergonomical shape, how we, how mm-hmm. good I feel when I hold it, the color, uh, the and then some aspect of uh, you know the customer service and all the other marketing aspects will come. All that they need to do it. They don't have to spend like 100K, like 100 grand or something. They just need to talk uh, with the specialist, talk with us. We'll, we will tell them what they need to do in a simplified manner and then walk them through and then they will get what they want. And after that, they can focus on growing it. When you don't do well in the root, you know, the root foundation itself is getting wrong then any measurement that you do, anything that you do later on will be hard. Another thing that I want to mention about AI, it's 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 uh, actually I'm a huge, you know, I'm currently using about 56 AI tools now, <laughs> okay? But I'm telling you one thing, none of it can come closer to the creativity of real human. None of it can come closer to it. Okay. No so- matter what prompt that you put on the mid journey or whatever it is, it failed. <laughs> At the moment. <laughs> okay. So I'll, let me challenge a couple of things. Uh, one of the things you okay. said was, uh, you know, people set out, start business, they start doing sales first. Number one, that's the number one most important thing to do is to get your shit in front of customers so they can give you some feedback. We love it. We hate it. This is what we like about it, what we don't. So sales is the ultimate goal. And two, I suspect if I got a hundred marketing people, just like any business, there's going to be uh, some people that are really, really good at it and are talented. It doesn't matter. They may not be charging the most, but there's a certain level of, of uh, excellence in what they do. There are some people that are going to be dreadful, and there's going to be some people that are average. So the question to you, uh, Ruben, is how do you find someone that's you know really good at it? Because like Judy said with realtors, everybody's talking about you can depend on me. I got integrity. I gave great customer service. So how do we find a good branding person and how can we as novices separate the, uh, the real McCoy from people that are just uh, BSing? Okay. One thing is about, uh, I will talk about in the sense of branding and also sales thing. One thing is definitely we need to look for the classic thing, their portfolio. Like what are, what are their review, like what they have done. Like for example, in LinkedIn, we know that there is a review part down there. Or maybe when we have a discovery call with them, when we talk with them, we just need to tell them about the problem that we are facing and see what are the basic solutions or the basic thing that they're going to suggest us. Based on that suggestion, we, we can make an opinion on it, whether this is going to go through a good route or not. Because the most important uh, job as uh, from my experience from what I have understood so far the, the business is about like uh, for, for as a brand strategist as a brand designer it will have a lot of things in the business they will have operation side they will have marketing side product development but when it comes to brand person their work is to polish everything and make them look desirable in the market make them look good like if they're just selling a, a, a normal uh, jewelry piece, if they want it to look premium, how we will solve the problem to make them look premium? Look at their portfolio, whether they have done or not, or have a talk with them and see like what they are doing. When you asked about something and then they're telling about something about, you know, you have to spend this much of amount on this tool and that tool, yeah, that's not going to solve the problem. 
the problem is i want to you know my problem is i have a jewelry brand i have a piece of earring which is really good i learned from my auntie how to do it but i want it to look premium because i'm putting so much of handcraft and hard work i don't want it to sell on the etsy like any other 10 dollar earrings but i want it to look like a tiffany and co with its significant color and the font and the boxing and the way that the message uh, goes to the person when they wear it on the birthday occasion or engagement the person the brand strategist will solve it when they give you that idea they are the okay. one you can differentiate in my opinion cool so judy how do we separate the wheat from the chaff when it comes to finding a branding strategist i think it's deeply personal um I'm sure Ruben will identify with this. So it is very important to, to see their portfolio and to see if you identify with their work and their eye and their look and their outcomes. Because if you don't like their work in terms of a designer, What's that's point? pretty yeah. important. <laughs> Beyond that, and uh, assuming that you are a fit, when you're working with strategy and a long-term relationship that's going to take you from zero to 100 or from six figures to eight figures, it's very, very critical that you are a personality fit. I've always considered this journey to be extremely intimate, that we both need to be, that all parties need to be very vulnerable. Success is a team sport. So for me, I am not like over here doing the do. We are in this game together, and that's where the strength comes from. So for instance, just earlier, just to throw this out, you mentioned don't ask your, uh, don't you ask people, what do you like about me? So for instance, one of the things I do with clients is I have an exercise called the power of two. Mm. And in writing, we will su uh, submit to a number of different people, um, two friends, two colleagues, two clients, two vendors, a bunch of twos, as you might imagine. And ask them specifically to use verbiage of how they would describe you. Mm. And you can see patterns. You'll see there's so many ways to uncover and reveal items that are important to this work. And because I've been doing it for so long, I know some shortcuts, as I'm sure Ruben does too, right? And so you want to make sure that you're a personality fit because you have, this is a very much of a no like, and trust event, and it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. If you're just in it because you need something quickie quick, great. Go to Fiverr. It, yes, it's a gig economy. Everyone wins. We move on. But if you really are in it to win it, then this is about relationships. This is about investing more than money. It's about investing yourself, your time, your vision, your interest, your interests, right? And then how do we bring all of that together to create that high that we spoke of earlier, you know? So there's an, a lot of different pieces that go into it. And you want to make sure when you're interviewing these people that you're asking the same questions so that you can gauge the responses responsibly, because that's what leadership is about. Absolutely. So I'm going to give you a tip for the listeners, a quick little thing you can do to kind of figure out what's right, what's wrong. And I'm going to pass it off to uh, Ruben to come up with a tip. Let's just go around a couple of rounds before we end the podcast. So people listening to this can actually get stuff they can implement right away. So we used to be in the uh, package design business and we would have uh, the competition, usually the leader in the marketplace and the client we we're working with, we would design a package and rather than do a focus group on the West Coast in the U.S., there was this uh, chain of stores called 
Fry's Electronics, and they would have this stores were a hundred thousand square foot of technology nirvana. So our customer base was going there, and in the parking lot, if you said to someone, "Can I ask you a question?" nobody would stop. But if you said, "Could you help me for a second?" everybody would stop and say, "We're designing a package." Not tell them which one we're designing. Out of these two packages, which one do you like best, and what do you like about it? And we'd get direct feedback from customers that would be ideal for us. And an hour spent at their parking lot would let us go back to the design lab, recreate it, come back tomorrow, and really quickly come up with a design that we thought worked really well. So a cheap focus group to get the design right sometimes is a good way to do it. Ruben, what's a, what's a hack you can give people to get marketing, branding, sales right that they can implement pretty quickly? Okay, so I'll talk about the design part first, okay? So one thing that they need to like, uh, you know, it, no more like uh, we can actually, actually we can do, like we can actually create a, two kind of packages and we go to the busiest place and we can stop the people and ask. But now I'm not sure that how good it's going to work. At least in Malaysia, it's not going to work. So <laughs> one thing we can do is we, we have a lot of things like polls and Instagram polls and everything. So we have, uh, like, for example, if you're creating something, the first thing that you need to go is with your friend. Like if you have like 100 uh, friends on your Instagram or anyone, just create just two packages of it, the designs that you already have, create a poll, which one is like. So from there, you take it. From there, you start gradually, you do the design. And one thing about design is it's not one time. It's like if you're done one thing, that's it, the end. No, because gradually you can always improve. Like probably like if you have uh, created a product, like the unit, the first batch of unit, it came out, come out. Uh, there's only one way that you need to know is once it's circulated in the market, when you get the feedback from the customer, then only you will know that, okay, this is the real thing that we need to make a change. And this package is going to be good and this is bad. And this marketing strategy is working. And we might be targeting someone who's like, um, you know, 17 year old, 18 year old, but it turns out to be someone who's 35. Someone who's, uh, uh, you know, is like working, maybe they're taking a bus uh, uh, to go to work or taking train. They are the one interested in the product. So we never know. Things can actually change. So from there, you can make, uh, you know, the adjustment later on. And of course, you can do this through the pilot scale. There's a lot of way now, like right. a, a pilot scale. You can actually create something, circulate it first, see how it works. That is the original classic method to identify there are a lot of way that in the past five, six years, the people have actually created like you create a pot, like a pot, like uh, you hired some marketing friends or marketing people on the LinkedIn, create a WhatsApp group, and then you push the product and get their review. But in my opinion, even if it is two, three reviews, it will be so much confusing to make a changes. How about if you get 100 reviews to make a change? Which one are you going to follow? So my best thing is... How attractive is, they are. They're attractive people. We go with them. <laughs> of course. Like if it is like more than two or three, I think it's just going to get a confusion there. So I believe that uh, it is not one stop and one fixed thing. You will be, you have to do the uh, adjustment later on once it's circulated. So okay. from there, you'll make some changes. Yeah, that's my take. All right, Judy, what's a mind hack that, uh, or a hack you suggest in marketing, branding that could be implementable pretty quickly? 
Well, it depends on the sector, of course, because it's so funny you tell that packaging story. I remember back in the day, we used to make a bunch of, uh, I don't think you could do this now, but we used to make, I used to work in packaging and we would make a, do a bunch of dummy packages. And then we would go into a store, stealth, of course, and we would take up some shelf space, like literally put it on the shelf and see, you know, if people's eyes went to it or their hands went to that. it. And literally what the pickup, the shelf appeal was. But I don't know if you could get away with that now because there's cameras everywhere. So cameras, really yeah. <laughs> wow. so we're in a different world now, right? <laughs> we used to totally do that. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's fun. It's so fun to make all those dummy packages. It's just all you need to do is just get Ruben to go to the other side of the store and fake a spleen attack. Diversion. You can be on my diversion. All right, it really so depends on what sector we're in, but what, really, what I like it, it depends on where we are in the business cycle as well. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about a startup, completely different than we're talking about somebody who's been through three or four years and is a more seasoned uh, leader, because then they have data. But what I really like to look at is, you know, I, it made me think of the, um, how Bumble got started. I believe in micro-marketing. So if you can define who your market is, your avatar, and then go find them and test it and make sure it's correct. Because you may think it's college kids, but it may be kids, you know, people just out of university or maybe the 30-somethings or whatever. So first we have to figure out who are our people so there's a number of steps to that. And then if you think you know who your people are, then it's time to do some micro marketing. And that is to get knee deep. Like, you know, the parking lot is a great idea because you are then attract. You, you don't have to look too far for your people. They're, they're coming to you. So that's really what you want to do, whether it's through a party, you go to a bar. You, it just depends on what the item is that we're marketing and then how we're going to do outreach. But that's my that you want to spend the least to collect the most data to make the most informed decisions for any piece of the roadmap, whether it's your model, your, how you're going to monetize, how you're going to market, what's your message. I think there's a lot of different elements that we're going to be playing with. Yeah. Brilliant. I used to have a boss that uh, before we built a product, because, you know, when you're building something that's a, a physical thing in electronics, it's an expensive endeavor. So we would create a brochure of this product that did not exist and go pitch to our customers. Right. And if there was a lot of, nah, I don't think so, then we just killed the idea. Right. And if it was like, a, when's, it being, uh, when's it being launched? When can I order oh, one? And you said something else so important that just makes me crazy. So I have a client right now that I'm um, speaking to, a prospect, I guess I should say. And I'm so juiced up because it's a really wacky category but they so need me. And it's just like, you guys, everybody in their category is like, seriously, they are so the same. It's scary. It's, it's, it's bizarre. So the whole ticketing about branding is great brands stand out. If you think about nothing else that you heard today, then marry this conversation of great brands stand out with some of what you've heard from Ruben regarding your visuals and hold on to that because being the same is not a ticket to success. You have to have the audacity to be authentic and to do you and to find that little special something, your special sauce that makes you stand out. And then you're going to amplify it like nobody's business. And you can do that on a shoestring or you can do it with a trillion dollars, but just do it. And don't be like everyone else. Please, please don't be like everyone brilliant uh reuben uh one last word 
what's a book you recommend on marketing that uh, people can, or branding, and uh, how can people get a hold of you? Okay. Um, one thing that I wanted to say is it's not about the book. I would love to suggest people to go to YouTube and watch everything that uh, related to branding strategy, like especially for Chris Doe. He's one of the, you know, someone who boldly talk uh, about branding. And uh, Martin Neuer, he's actually someone who talks a lot about branding as well. So my take is, apart from just a book, and I want you to get to know the latest thing that's happening right now, to keep up with the pace. And on YouTube, people are fighting each other to tell you how, what is the latest update? What is the algorithm change is happening? Oh my God, there, there was like almost like every thumbnail on YouTube, there'll be like people, oh my God, YouTube changed this yesterday. Oh, Instagram changed this yesterday. Oh, uh, this brand sold this much of unit yesterday. So keeping up with the trend is very important. Books, there will be a lot of books. There's a lot of writers out there mm. on branding and they all are exceptionally good. I'm not going to say this one is great. This one is bad. Okay. No. And but Ruben, for just, the just late- before you introduce yourself, uh, you were talking about YouTube. Uh, there was like a really good video you did where you went to a store and got uh, uh, some kind of uh, chip packaging. And <laughs> yes. rather than... The, it's like, getting trend on my Instagram now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, instead of like tormenting people with what you did to change it, it was like a really nice minute, minute and a half video. You went, here's the package. We just saw you working a little bit and then the before and after and what you designed and what you designed was really, really good. So that's like an evergreen kind of thing. So it's not the latest thing, but it really highlighted what you can do. And more importantly, it let people realize what they can do themselves, that you don't have to be uh, uh, so caught up in this is really complicated. Of course, I want them to hire you. And where can they find you? Okay, so one thing is, uh, of course, like uh, they can actually find me on the Instagram because my name just Ruben, when you pop it up, it will just come out. And I always attach myself to Ruben branding, the hashtag. So when they click it, the hashtag always will connect me to my videos. And uh, for, for that uh, kind of things, the, the one that I mentioned about the trending, the latest things, um, that was actually my format of displaying my portfolio. Mm. I don't use Instagram to get clients. No, not at all. Instagram and TikTok and Laminate and LinkedIn are just my portfolio for the people to check my background, like what you did just now. You check my background. But the real client is I do the cold calling, the check, uh, you know, talk with them, sit them, and then get the big project. And that is my uh, professional. That's my job. (laughs) So this one is only about portfolio. And we need something like trendy to push us out to see so that's why i recommend watch youtube videos and watch all those people who are fighting there because everyone who's fighting they're fighting for an attention but actually they're giving us a lot of good tips so to the our audience who are actually listening to this just type in branding strategy branding tip there will be 10 videos who just uploaded like yesterday and in that 10 videos maybe nine out of the 10 will be uh, normal tips or something that's already been classically people discuss but one will be something very unique and you can just pick it up test it for three months and see how it works for you three months is very important because you shouldn't do it just for one or two days three months you know the 90 day program like what we do in the workplace and all so test it out and see how it gives you the result and then Brilliant. you will form your own style all right excellent uh Ruben, Judy, 
what's something you recommend and how can people get a hold of you? Huh. Well, there's a lot to recommend, so it, it is challenging. And I can't imagine most people will bother to read this, but one of my favorite books, that's what I was looking for. I wanted to make sure I got it right. It's called, it's by the guy, um, there's a design firm and it's amazing design. I'm such a geek, sorry, geeking out here. This is a geek out moment. His name is Tim Brown and he runs IDEO, which is one of the foremost oh, yeah. design branding work with firms Apple in the and world. People, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a, a book called Change by Design. And um, it, I, I forget the subtitle. Read it's it. so it's cool. Good. Isn't it a great, so people, one of the things, and we didn't even get to talk about this, is there is a whole genre and a whole space called design thinking. And really that's what we've been talking about today is how do you think, because design is used to solve problems. Ruben and I, and you too, Umar, I'm sure, we are all about creating solutions and designing solutions. But first we have to identify the right problem. So a lot, anyway, I could go on and on, but a lot of it is around that. Um, for people looking for me, I'm on LinkedIn. I am under Jay Wins, CEO Pro. Oh, I love so it. That's how I go by on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I too, I'm not a big salesperson on any of this stuff. Um, I'm also on Facebook. But um, it's really for me more about sharing my values and a point of view. And it speaks back to relating, like who relates to you? Who gets you? Who finds you fascinating and interesting and fun? And what are all the aspects of you? So that when we do come together for the call that Ruben is speaking about, we already have this sort of baseline that we're operating from. And we're stepping into a space of just passion and purpose and the intention to grow your business, because that's that's what I'm here for. You know, 50% of small businesses are failing, and that is not okay. It's not necessary, and that is my personal mission is to change that. So I want to incre increase your leadership, increase your spend, increase your return, and get this going, people. Yeah. Superb. And before we part <laughs> company, I'll share a, a quote from my friend Gear Maxwell. He is a marketing expert. And he said, if your marketing does not have the power to offend, it does not have the power to convince. So if you're going to stay in the safe lane, you're just like lost in the noise. So you need to kind of step out, which I thought yes. was pretty brilliant. Ruben, thank you so much for being on the program. I really enjoyed it. Learned a lot. Judy, it was a pleasure having you on the show. I'm going to play the end credits and then let's chat for a few minutes afterwards. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming. And that is the fastest way to get better results.